Hello there, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Yes Law, the Lyrical Dive in the Anderson Pass Discography. So, before he dropped Oxford, he did drop two singles, Till It's Over and Bubbling. And we're going to be analyzing Bubbling today, which did kind of preview the style that was an Oxnard. It was more of a rap song, while Till It's Over was more R&B based um and he actually explained why he was rapping so sing on the song he said i feel like nothing i do even when i rap is void of melody so even when i'm rapping per se i'm still grabbing a hold of that root note and even still yanking different we act a fool for the paper had a dream that made it like you can't just rap that without melody it's gonna sound totally different so when people say oh he's just rapping or anything like that i think it's kind of the way that you're you know so if you if you listen closely i'm always putting melodies in there and yeah but is rapping but like i don't know if i'd say it's rap sing but it's like a really good approach to rapping but like this did it was also his first half math single and did preview the sound that would be on oxnard even though dre didn't even mix this like he mixed a whole album this was mixed by uh neil pogue um and it also was produced by jaleel Beats and Ant-Man Wonder and Anderson talked about how the song came together. He said, started with the beat first. I got a pack from Joe Beats. He sent me like 3,000 beats one day. I was always a big fan of him, but this particular pack of beats he did with another talented producer named Ant-Man Wonder. So like, so it was like 50 beats and they did where he was taking Ant-Man's arrangements and putting drums in them and stuff. I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, they're all amazing. And that one, that was one that stuck out right away it had so much energy and it reminded me of some high speed chase black 007 and honestly i was trying to get other people to rhyme on it nobody wanted to get on it it was one of them kind of intimidating beats because it was so action-packed so i eventually just got on it and yeah that's how this basically came in um the reason i'm not doing a till it's over analyzation is because i'm gonna wait to do that because i think there's a another season where i feel like it could fit better on because i don't really think this was like i think both could have been meant for the same album but like um Like, it'll make more sense when I actually drop the episode. But, yeah, without further ado, let's talk about Bubbling. So, the song does start with an intro, but it's just... Look at you go. Okay, you bubbling. Look, go, go. Look at you go. Okay, you bubbling. Look. And this is basically just an intro to create hype for what's about to come. There's really nothing else to say about this. Like, it's that basic. It's not like anything like that would have any meaning it just types up the song that's really it so the first verse starts off with yeah one in the hand one in the bag bubbling look at the cash look at the cash coming in so he actually did write a couple paragraphs about what this means he said one in the hand one in the bag just means to save up the way i learned about that was the hard way i blew money like all the time i never had any good role models to show me what to do with my bread and as soon as i got it i was trying to spend it 
Honestly, I love spending on other people. I love going out. You want some food? You want some clothes? You want some shoes? You want a car? All kinds of shit. I love that. So it's like the only way you got to keep working hard and keep that money coming is you love spending it. Took me a few times where I had to fall on my ass and be like dead broke to be like, you know what? I gotta be smart with my cash. Thank God I got a good team around me showing me how to invest, keep a bag over here, keep a bag over there, keep a bag over there, you know what I'm saying? So it's basically Anderson is getting a lot of money and it's coming in fast. He sees it coming and rather than spending it on one place he's gonna save it so he can be rich for a longer time rather than just like eventually going broke. Come get your mans, this little n-word bugging me. Just leave the bag, quit all the jaw jackery. A jaw jackery is someone who always has something to say but ain't really saying much. He doesn't want any of that useless talks, he just wants to get money with no questions asked. Don't even pass me that, I don't want none of it. Leave n-words mad about it, had enough of it. He doesn't want to deal with any more shit so he is comparing said shit to a blunt. And saying that he doesn't want it passed to him as he's already been through and had to deal with a lot. Watch what you say and all that popping and shaking got me hot the laser my posse deep and irate. So be careful of what you say about him because he's above you and he can and, and will do things that will fuck up your life. We act a fool for the paper, had a dream and I made it. He presents himself differently in the public eye rather than how he normally is. He also had a dream of success and he finally made it. El Camino on Dayton, so what he did say about this. El Camino on Dayton is that West Coast lifestyle, bro. With the gold Daytonas, hella trunk space, you know what I'm saying? The clean paint, maybe my down south end words know what's up about it too, but man, that was it. That was something my uncles would be rolling in. My pops used to be to work on cars, so he might have a couple of those chilling up for sale, but that was it. You know, a lot of people be rolling in the Raris, the uh, Beamers, and the Lambos, and the Astons, and all that. I love that stuff, too, but I'm a West Coast, Oxnard, Ventura, County type of kid. We grew up with the Lolos, and Paul, the Chevy, Super Sports, El Camino, and stuff like that. Something you can throw a whole barbecue set in the back of, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows what's up with all that. You might have some hydraulics on that shit, you know what I'm saying? So I just had to let them know where I was from on that. So he also is basically saying that he's old-fashioned and prefers these old-fashioned cars over some of the modern ones. And vintage guests over babes, so same thing, old-fashioned, but this time he's talking about different fashion styles put the bread on me bitch bitch you bet I'm gonna bake it though bread's a slang term for money and by saying that he's gonna bake it he's saying that he's gonna use it for the uh, best purposes possible piggy flat in the blanket I might just roll up today piggies in a blanket are small hot dogs rolled into bread and bake like crescent rolls he's saying that he might start his album roll up soon he's comparing it to the literal rolling of bread and pigs in a blanket I might just have to roll out to Vegas. I might just roll out to Vegas, head back to my old ways. So he's talking about, uh, well, he actually said something about this. He said, man, I went to Vegas with my crazy ass brother-in-law. My brother-in-laws, they work like nine to five. So Vegas to them is like Brazil. So they go there and they lose their minds. 
I first started getting them checks, I was like, alright, fam, I'm taking you for your birthday. We're all going, we gonna get the penthouse suite, my boy KP, he got us out there and hooked us up with some crazy sweets. He got out there and the last time he was out there, we got the crazy suite. The homie Diplo was in town, so we went over to the show, met up with him, got into his show, out rocking behind the DJ booth, we went over to the next club and was partying with a uh, Asian boy with the uh, long hair, Steve Aoki's crazy ass throwing pies in people's face. We were just chilling with all the crazy white DJs, man. It's our time to really just get crazy. And then, you know, we wake up in some spot that, you know, is like, whoa, I literally wrote, woke up in someone's closet the last time I was in Vegas with my brother-in-law's. I tell you, we woke up and we was in this crazy penthouse that had like a piano in it and I was on the inside of someone's closet. It was crazy, man. Vegas is cool. So he basically just wants to head back to Vegas to relive those fun times back in the good old days like he described on his annotation. Cop a room full of Asian holes and dough blow all day. So his wife's Korean, so it does make sense as to why he would... Like, it would make sense that he's gonna gather Z-specific types of girls to do blow with. Because, like, you can kind of see through that. And also even his heritage, too, because he does have Korean in his blood. That he might be into that. Look at me, baby. Look at me, baby. Don't I look like a million? I'm about to clean out the safe. He's saying that he looks so fresh, which can also be Susie's expression, looking like a million bucks. He's also about to spend a lot of money, so he will literally have a million bucks. Don't I look like somebody that just be body and everything? He's seems like the type of person that would wipe out the competition or whatever he does. All that talking is great, but I don't be talking, not air it out. He hears what people are saying about him, but is not listening. They could be saying good things about him that he's no longer to get in his head, or hating on him. He doesn't want to really listen to the haters. All the problems that God needs to bury, I'd rather drown them Hendrix than I'd rather kiss on them or marry. So now that he's rich, he doesn't have to. He's not worried about really anything as much anymore as he can bury all his problems in money, expensive alcohol, and weed. I've been a broker way longer. Then I've been rich so until it leveled out. I'm gonna take your mama to the Marriott and wear it out. Took me so long to get it, go and spread it out. And he did talk about these bars. He said, Mom's need love too, you know what I'm saying? They got gotta have fun too. All the work that they put in, a lot of these moms, single moms, they don't got a lot of time to be having fun. They get overlooked a lot. So I'm trying to take your mama out to the Marriott and show her a good time they need to be cared for so that's where i was getting that no disrespect nobody's mom just like that she been working hard so she need a good time too mom gonna have fun too so he's gonna have a good time with someone's likely the listener's mother as she deserves a break from all the stress uh she endures being a mother let him know about me when i'm dead and gone and he also talked about this too I'm dead and gone. It's just that I really would like to be looked as someone who put out great music and didn't compromise in the sense of making stuff that went from the heart. I look at myself as a true artist. I do what I want, and I'm blessed to be able to be around legendary people. All I ever wanted was the respect. I wanted people to talk about me for years because I'm going to be gone. All the shit ain't going to last. All the money, all the bubbling, it's going to be gone. All the champagne is going to be gone one day and all 
that's left is your legacy. So they're all gonna be you doing is talking to you. They still talk about Tupac, still to talk about Biggie, Big L, Big Pun, all the greats that I love, ODB. They still talk about them because they music was so thorough, it was so impactful. So that's all you have. That's and what you built is all you have. So that's what I'm getting at with that line and let them know about all about me when I'm dead and gone. I need to tell them, you know what I'm saying? So after he passes, he wants to be known as one of the greats and he wants to be remembered for a long time. And yeah, this is gonna be like this was, this just exceeded nine minutes, this clip alone. This is going to be some of the stuff that we're going to have to deal with in the auction season. So this also does give a good preview to like what a lot of the episodes are going to be like. So there is a chorus on this track. But the chorus is basically a remixed and reordered version of the first two lines of the first verse. Like there's even the same genius annotations on the um, genius page. Like it's really... One the hand, one the bag bubbling. One the hand, one the bag bubbling. Look at the cash, look at the cash bubbling. Look at the cash bubbling. One the hand, one the hand, one the hand, one the bag bubbling. Look at the cash, look at the cash bubbling. Look at the cash bubbling. And yeah, he's basically saying the same thing here as he was in the beginning of the song. Anderson's getting a lot of money, it's coming fast. He sees it coming and rather than spending it all in one place, he's gonna save it and just be richer for a longer time he's in it for the long haul that's all it is to the chorus it's basically the same as the first two lines of the song and yeah it's catchy so it works after this we go into the second verse i'm gonna need all the fries you can give me all the hot sauce all the pie you can give me better be all or nothing you don't don't have me in the middle you better be all you can get higher than the limit yeah this is a reference to the line in friday in which the dad is talking in his sleep and saying some of these lines. He's saying that now that he's rich, he wants it all and wants everything to be all out. Go bigger, go home. He does not strive for mediocrity. Simplify for the Dumbos, plain slides I can shuffle. And he actually did talk about Simplify for the Dumbos in a four-paragraph um, annotation. So we're just breaking it down for you new N-words out there that need that that new little cadence out there. Not to say that you guys are idiots or anything, but just so my versatility isn't that right word. I wanted to switch it up, switch up the cadences and stuff and have fun. I love what the new N-words is doing and the new artists, how they're doing all the different flows and stuff. So that was my opportunity to kind of like dip in that world a little bit while showing my personality i started that verse off with letting you know i'm gonna switch it up for y'all but then like 50 said uh they told me go ahead and switch the style up and if they hate them let them hate them watch the money pile up so it's kind of it's in the vein of all that there come a time where rappers feel like maybe they have it, to switch their style up to make it more mainstream or simpler for the masses. Now I was kind of poking fun at the idea, like, all right, I'm going to simplify it for the dumbbells out there. But we still barring up. Don't get it twisted. So he's switching his style up and showing how basically diverse his um, range in music is. And then he continues. Hit the kids with my young bitch, Isaac Hayes, Billy Ocean. 
and here he's talking about um he said I had to include the those R and B groups in there to show him again it's my personality, it's where I come from. Just like the vintage guests, just like the El Camino on Dayton's, I listened to Isaac Hayes, Billy Ocean, that's where I grew up on. My mom was playing the Shaft soundtrack. I was listening to the drums and such, the hi hats, all the different cool sixties, seventies, eighties R and B cats. And Anderson's paying homage to his roots and what he grew up with while also listing his different influences you will hear in his music. And then he continues with, Bought my old hoe with the cane stick, left my slippers at the function. It's hard to run Goose aside. Chick, I thought you said you didn't have a husband. And then what he said about that is, Everybody knows what's up, man. You keep trying to... You're trying to keep you cool and you're getting dressed. You got just got through busting some down then her husband full up. You seen Leon Phelps. I was just thinking about that, just like having to dip out through the window but naked, just your sides on. I'm like, I thought you said you didn't have a husband, bitch. You got me fucked up. So trying to so you're trying to sprint. I'm not that fast, I'm not finna lose those Gucci, these shoes are like 150 a pop, so I'm not gonna lose them. So it's really tough to run in Gucci slides, and then when you got in, we're chasing after you because you bang your wife. There's a lot of different things that go on in this world. It's a twisted thing, but you get out of it, and you learn. So you gotta be careful what you do, because not everyone's gonna be honest in every situation with you, and you gotta be prepared for every situation. I'm a stud, no cuckold. Jackie Chan, no trouble. And he did also talk about uh, this bar. All my porno people, all my freaky deaky people know about being cuckold. Some of you guys are into having your significant other often engaged in the sexual relations with you and watch, you watch your significant other partake. And if you're watching, then you'd be the cuckold. The studs usually the one that's engaging with your significant other. I like to think of myself being a stud in life, you know? That's, so that's how I see that. While some of while some just want to watch, I like to get in there in the action. You can watch me, watch my moves closely, but I'm going to have to stun on this thing we call life. So you can basically watch and learn, but you're never going to be able to master what he does because he does it best. Can't clean it with a bib, blood dripping from the cutthroats. It's going to be an issue that he cannot wash away easily, so he'll have to live with him in a similar way that blood is thick under the water, so it's pretty damn hard to wash that away. No, Lord, not me. I can never be the one you want to stunt for. He does not want to be seen as a role model as he does things that other should not. Money, money, that machine gun sprayed in the Ferragamo store. He wants all the money, um... He also actually did talk about this line. I don't know why I forgot to put it in my notes, but I'm simultaneously, like, keeping up with the... Like, I did paste all the lyrics in my um, Google document that I made, but I forgot to put this one, and I was also scrolling through Genius because I obviously had to talk about, like, shit that he said and, like, a bunch of links and stuff like that. But yeah, I actually did talk about this bar. Um, shout out to Action Bronson for coming my verse out of that, for coming my verse out of that song for this album because I went ahead and used it on my album and said no verse going touch, which I know. Um, well, actually, it might have just been okay, but he accidentally 
the typo. It says I keg, but whatever. First and second verse was something I was writing for action song. I think it's called Machine Gun Money or something. It was a super funky track. I started writing a verse with Sam back and I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, and with what? Alright. And I put it on that one. So that's why the little part is the machine gun fan, the Fragma store. And I was like, oh, let's go to this one. So it was like when you pull up to the store and you just, I'll take everything. I'm just spraying everything. I need all that. The whole rack. Give me that. Give me that. Give me those. That's what I was getting at. So he wants all the money in the world and will even go as far as robbing the store when he is already rich. R.I.P. to the times I was broke after life in 911-4ish. Not, 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 not black looking clean, dead parties in the envelope. So at one point in his life he was broke and even homeless for a period of time. Now that he's able to make money constantly and buy these expensive cars. Um, cooking up canard waiting on the ando. Run out of time, and patient thinner than a pantyhose. And he didn't talk about uh, this. I learned about that probably when I was touring overseas, like in Europe. We got different names for different You see Canard money all the time. We were like, "What the hell is Canard?" And they were like, "I'm stuck." I was, "Oh yeah, we gotta take a duck." We were on Canard phase for a minute. We're having duck confit, all kinds of stuff, duck and fillets. He can have his exotic foods, right? And also. Because of fame and his fame and fortune, he's become basically just less patient. Like, he has um, a general lack of patience in his life compared to um, how it used to be. And that's how, that's all I got for his second verse. And this is only eight minutes, I know, but probably than most of my shit. So then we move on to an interlude, which is a sample of the movie Serpico, and it's a sample that goes, go over here and empty your pockets. I don't do that. You're my prisoner. You do what I tell you to do. Go over here. Ha ha, he's gonna get nasty about it. Fucking bitch. Frank, cool it, huh? Say the fuck out of this. Obviously, it's Al Pacino's going, like, insane in this scene, but, like, I'm not trying to, like, scream at 2.42 in the morning. But Anderson actually did talk about including this sample on the track. He said, It's an incredible scene where Pacino is having complete meltdowns, just going AWOL and fool. He had it up to he was crooked cop shit and he's trying to keep his cool and he can't keep it no more. And if you go to YouTube, you can find I think it's called like Pacino Meltdown or something. Uh, this is what he, he didn't say what I'm about to say, but side note, this is the movie's called um, Sir Pico, if you want to check it out. I remember my the label, my management, was all like, you ain't never gonna be able to clear this man. Nah, take this out. I was like, just try, bro. He might fuck with this song. And I know Dre knows him, so he might be able to pull some strings. And they got back to him, and they were down for it. Like, it was cool. So it was like, see? And we got in there. I love that part, man. And again, the hip-hop element, too. Bringing in those interludes and samples and just giving it a breather. I was just like... That was really what the energy was, too. And this, um, Pacino could possibly be a metaphor for Anderson's new no-bullshit personality and how he doesn't really want anybody uh, getting in the way of his new life. And then there is a chorus, and we are done with this, um, we are done with this 
single. But wait, there's more. So on July 13th of 2018, Anderson Pack actually released an official remix to Bubblin featuring a new guest verse by uh, the rapper Busta Rhymes. Um, a lot of the time they do see a feature from him and hoping for a verse, but like they just waste him on a hook, which I don't like it. And this is proof of why he shines on his um, guest verses because this verse is incredible um he does like the fast flow really good and yeah i really like it so let's talk about it start with every time i come i hit a n-word in the middle hit a n-word i hit a hit a n-word low i also one thing i love about bus rhymes too is how he can like be a tongue twister and shit like that like i kind of like rap like that i don't know if i could see anderson doing it but hey anderson is pretty fucking talented so won't be surprised so Busta commonly comes in swing with full force saying that he'll come in aggressively and work hard for the cash and as and as I fuck it up a little more kill him and I get him and they whine when they hit the floor so he'll work so hard that no matter the circumstances even if the opponent is in no condition to be deserving of it as he is able to get his bread and do anything he will anything he can to get it including preventing other people from getting it and while i'm guzzling a little bitty yak because the spot bubbling my n-word with a dough he's willing to kill someone just to get his money now put the motherfucking money in the bag hurry up my n-word right now gotta go he is comparing his worth ethic to a robbery he wants cash and will do anything to get it kind of repeating myself here but like it's basically the whole point of what he's saying although kind of switches a little bit with these next couple lines so much truth in the n-word head like the water gonna pop boiling and bubbling and it's taking everything i got i got a boy and he's struggling no matter how they want to pop boy we be hustling and try hey, to make an n-word stop this is describing how oh one sometimes struggles to get the money and he actually has someone that fits his description so he is gonna hustle with him to help him out he we hunting it then we mosh and then we mess and then we beat him in the head till we got him tumbling and shuffling and mumbling and tussling and have a hard time recovering. They are going to be obliterating the competition for the money as he vividly describes how they're going to obtain it through like the fighting and like being the crap out of people and everything like that. Back for more than truth. One in the air, everybody put them up. He busted in his town, everybody put their hands in the air like a robbery. The hands in the air could also be a pl- he playing on concerts when rappers tell their audiences to put their hands in the air. Or ones in the air could be like $1 bills. Sick of them in the air because I'm going to take every single one of those $1 bills. And if you get enough $1 bills together, you can get a lot of money. And more than truth could be referring to him wanting to be more than even with whoever he's talking to so he wants to be a higher standard than this person everybody better get to the back sack money and would get it up so the robbery comparisons continue this time he is telling people to all go to the back of the area presumably on a wall and start getting ready to hand over the money no i mean every time we follow up n-words while on the scene step back look Jack, fuck around and make an N-word black till you sound like a fiend. 
he always comes across people who aren't treating the business right. So he's coming to teach him a lesson. And he continues with, anytime that I come up and I get up, up in the building, and we're already know there's going to be a killing, and I give you more, hit him with a raw uncup. You're a raw coke that'll leave a N-word shiver and see me, I don't give a damn. He is already notorious for his aggressive methods, so he's gonna go harder just to push this barrier. He doesn't care about what anyone feels all. He wants money. Why smoke this Gurkha? Bitches, they be fighting and be bickering. A Gurkha is an expensive type of cigar, and when people see him smoking it, they will see how rich he is, and all the girls will want him. And the final line of his verse, N-words know to give it up and nothing to question. Better believe we be delivering. So people should know that he's not playing around and they should just surrender before he surrenders them. He is not playing around. And this verse replaces the second verse of the song. So like you hear Anderson's the song going in as usual. And then after Anderson does the chorus, after the first verse, you get, there's a break where you just hear, yo, Anderson Pack, Buster Rhymes. And then Buster Rhymes comes in the verse. And then you hear the... Um, Serpico sample and uh, the chorus again and yeah that's the end of the song and that is the true end of the episode so now I just gotta wrap things up and I'll be on my way so normally at the end of every episode I um, give a conclusion which I sum up the whole song but I actually think Anderson Pack's mother actually does it really well. So, um, he received a text from his mom, which Anderson actually shared on social media. And his mom said, told him, Love bubbling, Brandon. Tell me if I'm close. The song subliminal message is about the love mining, how it makes people act again and how it changes people the ATM represents the abundance of it and also the insatiable desire of it and the inevitable determinant of it how did I do to which Pac replied yes spot on so yeah that's basically how what the song is about I can't really say it better but I actually do have something to talk about about Busta Rhymes remix verse and his verse possibly also shows the impact money has on people specifically the successful ones that um are like him that uh, get cash flow frequently and it shows how people can just it can just tear people apart and make them more violent and aggressive just to get that money and to get that big cash status and yeah that is basically it for this song um thank you guys for listening to this um really enjoyed doing this and i just recorded my longest episode for a fucking bonus episode of a one-off single that feels fucking weird um and i mean to be fair it's not that weird considering that it won a grammy um it won the best rap performance tied with king's dead by j-rock kendrick future and james blake so, yeah, I guess it makes sense that it would be a song like this. But, yeah, I definitely can't wait to be doing um song from the actual Oxnard album.
Um, and yeah, be sure to hit the follow on Instagram and uh, Twitter and rate five stars on whatever podcast form you use and subscribe on said podcast form whatever you use. Um, just spread the word. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. And I will catch you guys next time. Take care, guys.